the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. How often do we have that struggle? Just like Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I wish I would do, I don't do. And the kingdom even the fool will stay on the highway of holiness. I kind of picture it like when you go bowling and you put those bumpers up where it's just impossible to get a gutter ball, no matter how lousy you are at bowling. And during the kingdom age, it's going to be impossible to end up in the gutter. Do you get frustrated by your inability to simply do what God has told you to do? If so, then you're right there with the Apostle Paul. You don't do what you should, and you do what you shouldn't. It can make one weary of living sometimes. But as Pastor Dan is teaching, better days are ahead. You might have to wait a little while, but he will show you from the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, that God has had plans to put everything right for a long time. The hard part is that to get to that wonderful end, you're going to have to endure. And now open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 34 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. And all of creation is groaning and laboring right now, but Jesus has redeemed creation and He's going to restore creation and make it like the Garden of Eden where even the deserts will blossom during the kingdom age. If you remember in the Gospels, Jesus told the parable of the man who finds a treasure in a field and he goes and he sells everything and he buys the whole field so he can get the treasure out of it. The treasure is, is mankind. It's the human race. The man who finds the field and purchases it is God. He purchased it with the blood of his son. But he didn't just buy the treasure out of the field. He bought the whole field. He purchased the whole world so that he could get the treasure, man, that's in the world, and redeem that. So he's redeemed man. He's redeemed the world through the cross. And during the kingdom age, he restores the earth. He restores the earth. Verse 2, it shall blossom abundantly. We're speaking about the desert here. And rejoice, even with joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. He says here, the deserts will become green and lush as the forests of Lebanon. Again, those living in Israel, they, they know what he's saying there. The forests of Lebanon are very green, very lush, very beautiful. And he's saying, this is what the deserts will be like in the kingdom age. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency 
of our God. The Lord will display his glory by making Carmel and Sharon beautiful with vegetation during the kingdom age. Carmel and Sharon are beautiful now. But it's telling us in the kingdom age, that's when the Lord will really show his glory in those places. So he says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Now, why does he say that? Because the Assyrians are threatening to invade Judah. They're threatening to destroy Jerusalem. And the people are afraid. And they're frightened and they're trembling and they're shaking with fear because of this invasion that is is coming. He says, so just strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 you should highlight in your Bible or underline it or circle it or whatever it is you do. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, don't be afraid. Behold, your God will come with vengeance with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. I love verse 4. Here he's telling us how we're to strengthen the weak and how we're to strengthen the feeble and the fearful. And he tells us the way to strengthen the weak and the fearful is tell them the Lord's coming. (laughs) I love that. Tell them the Lord's coming. The Lord is coming. We say, don't be afraid. Jesus is coming. He will save us. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 4, the Apostle Paul says essentially the same thing when he spoke of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for the church. He said, then we who are alive and remain on the earth at that time shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then he says, thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Hey, we're going to be with the Lord. The Lord's going to come for his church. And we'll always be with him. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. The Lord's coming. And we should comfort one another with this. Even today, as we maybe are fearful and afraid and trembling at the things going on in the world or the things going on in our own life personally, hey, the Lord's coming. Hey, the Lord will come. The Lord will save you. Don't be afraid. Jesus is coming. I love that. And then, verse 5, in the kingdom age, when Christ has come to save his people and he's ruling and reigning upon the earth as king of kings and lord of lords, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And verses 5 and 6, wonderful. The kingdom age, when Christ comes, there'll be no more physical disabilities when Jesus is ruling and reigning upon the earth. Now, when Jesus was on the earth the first time, he worked many miracles. The Gospels record that. He healed the blind and the deaf and the lame and the mute. And he did that as just a preview of the kingdom age. Just a preview. It's just a preview of coming attractions. Like when you see a preview of a movie, This is what's to come. This is what it's going to be like. Here's a little taste of the kingdom age for you. It tells us in some of the stories, some of the accounts in the Gospels, like in Capernaum, for example, it says he healed all the sick that were brought to him in that city. He healed the whole city. All the lame, all the sick, all the deaf, all the blind, all the demon-possessed, all the leper. He healed everybody. It's just a little glimpse, just to give you a little picture of what the kingdom age is going to be like. In the kingdom age, there will be no 
suffering. There'll be no physical ailments or limitations. The healing ministry of Jesus will come to its glorious completion in the kingdom age. That also means there'll be no doctors in the kingdom age. There'll be no hospitals, no patient firsts, no urgent care, no ambulances, no emergency vehicles, no EMTs. They won't be needed. How often do you hear sirens? I live kind of close to 295, and just about every morning at rush hour or every evening at rush hour, you hear helicopters, the medevac helicopters, going out to an accident on 295. Not in the kingdom age. You won't need them. This is what he has for us. This is what we're heading towards. This is where we're going. Look at verse 6 again. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In the kingdom age, water is just going to burst forth out of the earth, just, you know, springing up out of the earth in the desert where there is no water, where there is no refreshment. The, the deserts and the wilderness are just dry and useless, but in the kingdom age, they're going to be well watered and fruitful. The parched ground, verse 7, shall become a pool. And the thirsty land, springs of water. And the habitation of jackals, where each lay jackals tend to live out in the desert. And the habitation of jackals, where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Reeds and rushes grow along the banks of rivers. And in the desert, there's going to be life, vegetation, rivers of water, reeds, rushes along the banks. He's going to transform the earth and restore it back to an Eden-like condition. That tells us, too, that the deserts are the result of the fall. It's not how God intended it to be. Now look at verse 8. A highway shall be there. Where? The desert. There's going to be this highway out in the desert. And a road. Now, desert right now, and especially in Isaiah's day, that was tough traveling to go through the desert. But then the desert is going to become this lush green forest with rivers and streams and springs and life. And there'll be this road, this highway. And look what it says. And it shall be called the highway of holiness. There's going to be this highway out in the desert called the highway of holiness, the road of holiness. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. 
So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Just as a side note for you, there was a group living just before the time of Jesus called the Essenes. And the Essenes, they're the ones who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Essenes were a religious sect of Judaism that was living, they were living in Jerusalem, and they were part of the religious order of Judaism at that time. But they thought Judaism had become so corrupt and so defiled, and that the priesthood had become so corrupt and so defiled that they decided to separate themselves. And they left their homes and their luxury and their comfort in Jerusalem, and they moved down to the desert, down near the Dead Sea, to Qumran. And they built primitive houses out of rocks in the desert. And they just went down there, and they spent their time studying the Scriptures and worshiping the Lord and waiting upon the Messiah to come. And where did they get that idea from? Well, they got it from verses like this, that there should be a highway of holiness out in the desert, not in Jerusalem, that the highway of holiness is out in the desert. So they went out to the desert and they started living out there. Turn over to chapter 40. Chapter 40, verse 30. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. They, based on these verses, they took the Bible literally. And based on verses like in chapter 40 and chapter 35, they believed that they need to go out into the desert and prepare a highway for the Lord to come, for the Messiah to come. So that's what they did. They left their life in Jerusalem. They moved out to the desert. And they prepared a highway of holiness out there. And they just, they just lived holy lives, separated unto God, waiting for and preparing for the Messiah to come. And guess what? The Messiah came. Jesus came. And he was baptized really not that far away from where they were living out in the desert there. But that's just a side thing for you. Go back to chapter 35. It shall be called the highway of holiness. Now look at what it says in verse 8. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool shall not go astray. It tells us here in verse 8, this highway of holiness, it's not for everyone. It's not for the unclean. The unclean will not travel on the highway of holiness. Now, Now what makes a person clean before God? The blood of Jesus Christ. That's what makes us clean and holy in God's sight. And then at the end of verse 8, man, I love the end of verse 8. Whoever walks the road, this road of holiness in the kingdom age, although a fool, he shall not go astray. You know what that's saying? That in the kingdom age, even a fool will be able to stay on the highway of holiness. Now that gives me hope. <laughs> the, We're not going to go astray in the kingdom age. We're not going to be prone to wander like we are now. We're not going to go astray like 
lost sheep, and the kingdom age. We're not going to wander off the path of holiness. We're going to stay on the path of holiness. We'll stay on the straight and narrow path, finally. And how often do we find ourselves wandering away from the Lord, getting off the right path, and going astray? How often do we have that struggle? Just like Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I wish I would do, I don't do. And the kingdom, even the fool, will stay on the highway of holiness. I kind of picture it like when you go bowling and you put those bumpers up where it's just impossible to get a gutter ball, no matter how lousy you are at bowling. And during the kingdom age, it's going to be impossible to end up in the gutter or in the ditch or off the road. We're just going to stay right on the highway of holiness, the straight and narrow. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool shall not go astray. Look at verse 9. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there but the redeemed shall walk there. You won't have to worry about some wild animal attacking you on this road. That was a real concern for people in Isaiah's day. There were lions in the land of Israel. Traveling by foot was dangerous in those days. Traveling in the desert especially was dangerous. You could be attacked. Remember, Samson fights a lion. David talks about fighting lions and bears as he's watching over his sheep. During the kingdom age, there's not going to be wild beasts to attack us. Now, in the New Testament, Satan is referred to as a lion. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, during the kingdom age, we're told in Revelation, Satan and his demons will be bound in the bottomless pit. And we're not going to have to worry about spiritual warfare. We're not going to have to worry about spiritual attacks coming against us. Again, won't that be wonderful? So, In the kingdom age, we're going to stay on the straight and narrow. We're not going to have to worry about going astray and getting off the highway of holiness. And we're not going to have to worry about Satan coming against us and attacking us. Or spiritual warfare. There will be no lion that comes against us. The redeemed shall walk there. The unclean shall not pass over it, but the redeemed will walk on the highway of holiness and the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Now that word ransomed, we've talked about that also in our Revelation study, but it refers to someone who gets himself into some kind of debt that he can't pay. And back in that time, if you got yourself into debt and you couldn't pay your debt, you were sold into slavery to pay off your debt. But if a family member was willing and was able to pay your debt for you, they could redeem you. They could pay the price of redemption. A family member, a male relative, could come along and pay your debt for you and redeem you. That's paying the price of redemption. And they would buy your freedom from slavery. And you have been redeemed at that point. That's redemption. And when the Bible talks about redemption, that's what it's talking about. The Bible says we were all slaves to our sin. We were all sold into slavery. And we all have a debt of sin that we can't pay. 
and our kinsman redeemer, our Goel, Jesus Christ. He's our nearest relative who was able to pay the debt for us. There's no other relative in our family, going all the way back to Adam, who's able to pay the debt that we owed because of our sin. The only family member we have that can pay that debt is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ paid the price of redemption, which was his own blood on the cross of Calvary, and he redeemed us from sin. And he redeemed us from our slavery to sin, our slavery to our flesh, our bondage to sin, And we've been redeemed. And He's paid the price of redemption for us. And it says in the kingdom age, it's only the ransomed of the Lord that will be on that road. We've been ransomed. He's paid the ransom price for us on the cross. We've been ransomed by Jesus Christ. And so we have access to the highway of holiness in the kingdom age because of Jesus, because of His shed blood. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And look what it says. And come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now, some think living a holy life is a boring life. But we see here that those on the highway of holiness are full of joy. They're full of gladness. They're singing as they travel on their journey, as they're traveling along on the highway of holiness, a holy life is not a boring life. A holy life is the best life. It's the best life. A holy life is a happy life. It's a joyous life. I love the end of verse 10. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. There's no sorrow. There's no sighing. You know, just that, just that, you know, just that depressed, overwhelmed feeling. Living a holy life spares us of so much sorrow, so much heartache. Just living a holy life, just living a life that's pleasing to God and right in God's eyes, it spares us of so much heartache and heartbreak and hurt and disappointment. And in the kingdom age, people will travel the highway of holiness full of joy, full of gladness, singing as they travel along, They're not going to have to worry about going astray. They're going to stay on that path, that right path. They don't have to worry about wandering off. They don't have to worry about the enemy, the lion, coming and attacking them or messing with them at all. The lion's not going to be there. Sounds pretty great, doesn't it? (laughs) Can't wait for that. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry, from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection, and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. 
please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. Good night.